This episode of the Bamboo Pastors Podcast has been brought to you by the Growth Center for Church and Mission. The Growth Center has established the Entrepreneurial Ministry Leader, a ministry ecosystem which brings together pastors, ministry leaders, and marketplace leaders who are finding creative ways to utilize their faith and their talents to bring the gospel to the cities and communities they live in. Check them out at thegrowthcenter.com. Welcome to the Bamboo Pastors Podcast, a podcast that explores the joys and challenges of being an English-speaking pastor in a Chinese church. I'm Jalen Chan, and I'm here with my co-host, John Mon. Hey, everyone. Together, we host the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. We're glad that you're here with us. Come on in and have a seat at the table. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. You've got John there. You've got Jalen here. John, it's good to see you. We haven't recorded in quite some time now, and so it's good to see you and talk to you. How are you doing? Hey, Jalen, it's good. Yeah, I think it's probably been like a month maybe since we've recorded. Right. Um, I, I know we did some stuff in between a little bit, but for our regular rhythm, it's been disrupted for almost a month, which has been both refreshing because it's been a nice break, but also, um, you know, I think I've missed hanging out and catching up with you. So, yeah, I think for me, it's been uh, it's been a good few weeks off. During that time, I actually made another trip back to Chicago, which I feel like is something we talk about here on the podcast quite a bit because I do make many trips home. And so it was really good to be home, uh, really good to to see everyone. And um, I did. I was hoping that the Lord would give me some snow while I was home. And so I got one day worth of a, a little bit of a flurry, a light dusting. So for me, having moved to California, it's definitely something I miss. I know that you guys were not so happy about that, but I appreciate the sacrifice for a day to let me enjoy. Yeah, you know, I I feel like we we had before that snowfall, we had a some nice days of weather, like spring teasing spring weather, right? And then you show up and then snow comes <laughs> and we were really unhappy that you brought that snow. But mm. no, it was good to see you. It was good to hang out with you. And um yeah, it's always it's it's always fun to to be around you. So it was it was yeah. good to have you on the trip. You know, I think it, one of the funny things I realized is that before that trip, probably one of the last few times we recorded, you know, somehow the idea of me filling the pulpit for you had come up during like a night that we were recording. It's probably in an episode somewhere, mm-hmm. and and I actually we ended up making that happen where I filled the pulpit for you that weekend that I was home. So yes, thank you. Yeah, it was nice. It was good to good to be with your church family and to, yeah, to share the word with them. So, yeah. what have you been up to? How have things been? Yeah, well, I, you know, just want to say thank you for for filling the pulpit, and it was great to be able to sit under your teaching. I don't feel like I've gotten to do that very much. Uh, you know, maybe once or twice. Um, I think we're that. both usually really busy on Sundays, so right. very rare that we're in the same place at the same yes. time. Yeah, so it was cool to have that experience and. Uh, just to, to hear you preach was was a blessing. So thanks for doing that. Um, I think I've shared before that our church has, is part of this um, Trinity Evangelical Divinity Schools project called the Thriving Immigrant Churches Initiative. And so uh, just in a few days, actually, we're flying out to Virginia to do a site visit. Uh, there's a Korean church out there that's been um, doing you know, church well as a first generation, second generation Korean church. And um, I'm excited just to learn from them. You know, we have a team of five from our church that's going. And so 
you know, this is the first flight that I'm taking since the pandemic. Uh, and it's also, you know, um, really the, you know, one of the first trips that I've taken away from my family in a long time. And so, you know, on one hand, that's kind of sad and, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to miss my family, but it's also really exciting just to be able to go on this trip, to learn, uh, to be with, uh, our, one, you know, one of our pastors and some of our elders on this trip. And so I'm, I'm really excited about that. I'm looking forward to that. And I know I'll probably be sharing that maybe a little bit on the podcast, but mm-hmm. definitely with you talking about what, what we're thinking through as far as, you know, first gen, second generation, uh, immigrant church, you know, ministry strategies and that sort of thing. So that's coming up soon. I'm, I'm excited about that. So. Yeah, that's super exciting. I'll be praying for for your trip and and that it would be fruitful. But I'll also be praying for uh, your wife Jenny since she's going to be at home with your five kids for however long you're gone. So I, mm. yeah, I'll pray that things at home are also very, very good and fruitful too. Yes, please do. <laughs> so, but we're on here tonight, um, hanging out, recording a new episode, and we have a guest uh, with us. Our guest tonight is. Um, Catherine Liu. Catherine is the youth ministry interim pastor at River of Life Christian Church. And Catherine joins us because uh, another friend of ours, Tony, who's been on the podcast before, actually uh, recommended her to come on and hang out with us and talk ministry. So Catherine, welcome. We're really glad that you're on with us tonight. Thank you. I'm also really excited to join. Yeah, thanks, Catherine. We start every episode with our guests by asking them just sort of what their journey has been. So if you could share with us maybe your your ministry calling, what that was like, and how you got to where you are now serving in the ministry that you're at. Yeah. So before I became the interim youth pastor, I actually was thinking of going into the uh, marketplace, the secular marketplace, and going to law school. Um, I was actually saved junior year of high school. Um, I saw that everything's getting sophomore year. And I think during that time of my life, I had never really been part of a church or been involved in a church. Um, my parents didn't really go. And so um, when I went with a friend to a mocktail party and they did the everything skit, I was so bewildered um, by the concept of a man named Jesus who would um, just take someone's heart back over and over again and heal it, even though we would you know, willingly take it back and like break it. Um, and the concept of that unconditional love kind of um, threw me off guard and I broke down in tears and I was like, I want to know who this Jesus is. Um, so I had my friend bring me to church every Sunday um, just so I can see what that was like. And so ever since then, I tried to get plugged into church in any way possible. I would um, volunteer where I can. I would try out new things. I would um, go talk to my friends about Jesus because I was so curious and I wanted to, you know, um, do whatever I could to get closer to this Jesus. Um, and so I think after I graduated high school, um, I got plugged into um, our church's college group, college and young adult group. And I think there, um, I kind of learned more and I got interested in campus ministry, Um, but the school I currently went to didn't really have a campus ministry. Um, And so by faith, I just decided to start one with a friend um, just so I can kind of put into practice and see and um, have the Lord encounter people on that campus um, the way that I encountered the Lord. And so it went from campus ministry to counseling in our youth ministry to then kind of attaching myself to 
um, one of my old mentors, um, having her reject me about the same time, so drawn to what she was doing, um, continuing to just ask her um, how I can help her in any way, and eventually taking over her role as the admin coordinator, um, and then becoming more involved and being trained by our old youth pastor um, in the ways of the small groups, our life groups. And then when he transitioned, I kind of took over part of his role um, as the interim youth pastor. Well, that's a that's an amazing story, an amazing journey that the Lord has you on right now. And and I say that because I, it really sounds like that He's got more in store for you, especially in this in this role. So I, I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about you know your youth ministry and what are the sort of things that you do, um, and especially when it comes to uh, you know, young people, what are you most passionate about when it comes to student ministry? Yeah, so I think, I don't know if I can speak for all pastors, um, but I think right now, I feel like when you kind of youth pastor, you do everything from like planning curriculum to um, planning retreats and activities, um, just things that would draw the youth in. Um, I think there's like a lot of logistics behind it, but at the same time, a lot of fun that you have to incorporate. So it's kind of like a what I would call like a high school or junior high teacher, um, that on top of just adding faith into the curriculum. Um, I think what I'm most passionate about youth ministry is having the youth encounter the Lord the way that I did. Um, because I never grew up in church. And so I feel like a part of my life was just wasted, even though I feel like in a sense, you can never waste your life because the Lord can always use it. But I feel like I missed out on so much um, because I didn't know who the Lord was. And so I think a big part of my heart goes to those who don't know the Lord. So evangelism and then discipleship, because I think when I started going to church, I didn't really have someone I could look up to. I didn't have someone who kind of discipled me or like mentored me um, or just taught me the ways of like the Lord. And so I think for me in youth ministry, I want to create those opportunities for the youth um, where they're able to come to the Lord and also have someone to walk with, um, someone to kind of ask the hard questions to. And even though I may not know all the answers, like be there with them to help them find those answers. Um, I think also just in the Bay Area, there's just so many distractions as well. I think here it's so academically rigorous. And so a lot of the students focus our school and success before church. Um, and so I think for me, because I'm a more of a visionary, I think one of my passions and what's exciting for me is to just dream of ways to bring church to the students and just to bring who Jesus is to them. Um, yeah. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. I think that, you know, just your, the way that you encounter Jesus sounds like is something that you want to make sure that your students experience or see or hear and feel. And that's really exciting. I think because that's coming from a place of just personal uh, experience and encounter with the Lord that you want to make sure the students have. What are some of the aspects of student ministry that have been challenging to you? Are there things that you've been like, God, why did you call me into ministry? And why couldn't I just have been a lawyer? What are some of those things for you? Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. Um, I think there are definitely days where I wake up and I'm like, God, why am I doing youth ministry? You know, like, I'm going to be honest, like any nonprofit or ministry, like the salary is just not quite it. <laughs> I'm in the Bay Area. I think it's really hard for someone um, who's trying to, you know, start a family, just live on their own. Um, 
to want to do ministry unless you like really feel called by the Lord. Uh, but I think what's most challenging is being able to reach out to all the students, uh, being able to do like one-on-ones with them, really get to know them and build that connection consistently. Because for my ministry, we're about 200 students. Um, so to reach out to each one of them, um, like at least once a month takes up, I guess, like 200 hours if we just limit it to an hour per meeting. Hmm. So I think that's like a huge area that I've been trying to figure out. I've been trying to navigate. I've been trying to like build like mentorship, discipleship so that I can teach our leaders to reach out to those I can't reach out to. Um, I think a second area is just tailoring a curriculum that meets all the students' needs. Um, I think each student's journey is so different. And even though there may be similarities um, that I've gone through, I can't address every single one of their needs. And so it's like, how do I find the right people to kind of redirect them to so that they can walk alongside the student who has such a specific uh, need or experience? I think also because our ministry is from um, sixth graders until seniors uh, in high school. And so the curriculum that senior students want are so different from junior high students who are still discovering their needs. And then the last part, like as much as I love our parents, parents are sometimes like a difficult part of the ministry um, in the sense that like they love their students so much. But I think just like the students, each parent has a different walk with Jesus and each parent has a different like um, area and season they're in. And so I feel like for youth ministry, what's different is that not only do we have to minister to the students, we have to somehow incorporate the parents and meet their needs and their desires and hear that out as well. Sure. And I think that, you know, managing expectations of parents as well, right? I'm sure you've come across that a lot. I know John has, as we've talked about, just the the youth ministry that he's done for, you know, a dozen years. Um, I was going to ask you, you mentioned that you know, certainly in the Bay Area. And I think for a lot of probably Chinese heritage churches, school is school and success, as you said, are big things that can be sort of um, uh, can overshadow what is even more valuable, which is our faith, right? How have you tried to try to address that with some of the students or even some of the parents, like helping them focus more on their faith rather than, you know, the, the, the school success or achieving? Yeah, so I think one way that I've approached it, I'm like relatively new at my role, um, but one thing I've noticed is how church has kind of taken a secondary um, or just become secondary, I think, in the students' lives. And so it's kind of redeveloping the standards in our ministry for if you want to be a leader, what does a leader look like? What are the expectations of a leader? Um And I realized that even in the past year, a lot of students will say, I can't make a leader meeting because I have an AP test to study for or a school test to study for. Um, And a lot of the parents will say, yeah, our kids are so stressed. Like we need less events. We need less meetings. Um, But then kind of just standing firm in that and letting them know that I understand where they're coming from. But at the same time, like as a leader, as someone who is kind of teaching and preaching and living an example of what it means to be Christ-like. It's learning to reprioritize, you know, that yes, school is important. Yes, getting that A is important, but you also have a commitment to Jesus and learning to let go of not studying for an hour to learn about Jesus for that hour and trusting that the Lord will then bless you. 
um, in your studies because you prioritized and you sought him first. And then also just on the pulpit, reminding them like, yes, school is so important because Lord, do the Lord does use your talents and use your skills and partners with you, you know, to shape your future, to um, work through you. And so if they're passionate about like math or the science or just even English, you know, to first seek what the Lord has for them in their passions and to partner with the Lord, because I feel like our um, our dreams and our knowledge is so limited that when we partner with the Lord who's created everything, he can open up so many more doors to use their passions to kind of shape his kingdom, you know? Yeah, that's that's great. You know, I think just as you were sharing that and thinking about my my own time in youth ministry, also in a Chinese church, and that that's a pretty universal, I, I feel like, especially in the in the US, um, a challenge that that you're facing with with how do you call students into something deeper? You know, when there are a lot of um, things that could be categorized as good, right? Success in, in school and education, those are all valuable things. Um, but really as, you know, as pastors, we're calling young people into a, a deeper life with Christ. And, um, you know, seeing how the Lord wants to speak into and redeem all those different areas of their life and, and take everything, all of their dreams and really replace them with, um, with his own for them, I think is, you know, that's just a, a very, um, yeah, I don't, it's not unique necessarily to the Chinese Heritage Church, but I think it's a very, um, it's a relevant one for us. And so um, it's great that, you know, for someone who is, like you said, was, uh, is relatively new to ministry, that you're already wrestling with that and already, you know, finding opportunities to speak into that. That's a really good thing. Uh, I wanted to ask, since, you know, for you, as you've stepped into this role and you kind of moved from being a volunteer, um, serving in this youth, youth ministry, now uh, stepping into the role and overseeing it and running the youth ministry, what were some ways that you, you know, uh, prepared yourself for that transition or prepared yourself to step into to these shoes? I think when I first started, I definitely felt unprepared. Um, but I think the more I kind of um, stuck in this role, the more I kind of prayed and talked to the Lord about it, the more I kind of realized he's actually prepared me um, all this time. I think from even just being a counselor in youth ministry, that kind of taught me how to nurture the students, how to listen to them, how to ask them and get to know them, um, that I'm not always right, you know, and that even though sometimes I go into thinking that I'm the one pouring into students, I'm the one loving on them, that they're actually the ones teaching us more, that they're the ones, you know, showing us how to love better, showing us um, just how to be more humble people, I think. Um, and then I think after counseling, stepping into um, the role of an admin coordinator, um, I learned how to plan events. I learned how to um, do all the logistics and the behind the scenes work without, you know, necessarily the acknowledgement of what I've done. Um, and I think a lot of what I do now um, is also still behind the scenes and learning that I don't need that recognition and that a lot of it is for the kingdom and that I will never be like known for it and being okay with that. Um, I think definitely the two years I was the admin coordinator, it taught me the bulk of how to run the ministry in terms of planning retreats, um, planning events, um, just all the logistics. I think that has helped me the most um, transitioning into this role because it's kind of prepared me for what I do. And so it's now like muscle memory for me. Um, I think campus ministry has also definitely 
prepared me um it's taught me not to mow people over i think with my personality with like my go-getter i want to try new things i just want people safe it's really easy to neglect the well-being of individuals and i've definitely like run some people over in the process um trying to just get things done and so i think campus ministry has taught me how to just nurture people as well um, as well as also just to step out in faith and evangelize um, i think our old youth pastor who's transitioned now, he's also just brought me on throughout the process, just throughout his years as our youth pastor, he's kind of encouraged me to lead our meetings, um, pour into the youth, kind of speak during our services. And I feel like that's also prepared me a lot for being able to stand on a Sunday pulpit and look at youth because to be honest, they're kind of scary sometimes, you know, like with their eyes glazed over with them on their phones, you're like, are they even listening or am I just talking and being judged? Um, yeah, so I think every step of the way, even though I felt like, you know, I was thrown into this position sometimes, um, I feel like the Lord has always just trained me and guided me along the way. Yeah, that's great. How have, how, how have you seen the church support you, rally around you? How have parents been supportive of you? Seminary is one big thing. I think our church leadership has been really helpful in finding ways to help me get the education that I need, help me um, kind of write my, uh, help me write my resumes, taught me how to um, just even look for programs that would help me in youth ministry. I think our church leadership has also just been incredibly supportive and taking time to get to know me, what my needs are, meeting up with me one-on-one and just really um, hearing what my concerns are and what my needs are and then doing their best to meet those. Um, and also just being incredibly inclusive um, in like bring me into meetings in um, inviting me to help lead like worship for our staff meetings. Um, yeah, I think mainly just taking time to talk to me and get to know me and our ministry, um, not necessarily endorsing my mistakes, but just giving me grace for a lot of the mistakes that I make along the way and not kind of expecting perfection right off the bat. You know, in your, in your work as a youth pastor now, um, have there been any, you know, experiences in, in your own story, in your own journey that you've really tried to um, pass on to students currently in your youth ministry? Uh, and then I guess the flip side to that question is, are there, you know, experiences, faith experiences that you felt like you missed out on that now when you look at your youth ministry and you're, you're planning events, you're like, oh, I wish, I wish that's something I was, would have been able to do when I was a teenager. Are there any things like that? Yeah, I think the one thing that always drives me is just reminding the students that God is enough. Because um, I think in my life, God has always been enough for me ever since I've been saved. Um, and I feel like that's just one main takeaway um, I want for any student who graduates from my ministry, that regardless of what they're going for, if they go to God, he will be more than enough. He will provide for them and he will be there for them. Um, and that they can always come to him, you know, regardless of what they've done or where they've been, um, that there's always a second chance with him. And I think one thing I really wish I had when I was in youth ministry is a mentor, um, someone who would kind of talk with me and walk me through um, my faith. You know, what, you know, we, we mentioned that uh, you're, you're fairly new to your role. And we also mentioned that you were kind of um, uh, encouraged by uh, Tony 
who is uh, your pastor um, and, and a good friend of ours. And so, you know, feel free to, to say whatever you want about Tony here. <laughs> but what, what has it been like, you know, working with a new pastor, you know, for you being in a new role and for him being in a new role? Um, what has that been like? Just, just figuring things out together and, and just learning dynamics as far as, you know, pastoral relationships and how that works together. How has it been for you? The short side to this question is I love it and he's amazing and I'm so glad he's here. Uh, (laughs) I always tell him, I'm like, my goal is just to be like a minier version of you. And he's like, you're kind of already there and like size, you know? And I'm like, oh, is that what it is? Um, But I just love how crazy he is um, in terms of like how he approaches the Lord and the things that he does. Like, he works long hours and he has all these crazy ideas and like dreams and visions for how to get people to love Jesus. And I look at him and I'm like, I want to be like you. Um, And I think I always tell him like when I'm trying new things in youth ministry, when I'm trying to like restructure, I always know I'm doing something too crazy and I should like rein it back in if he calls me crazy Um, because he's already crazy, you know? (laughs) Um, But I think I definitely had my hesitations when I first like interviewed him with our youth pastor. I was like, who is this new dude coming in? um, Who's like, you know, kind of going to eventually take over the role of like English director and just kind of changing things up. Um, But I think, one thing that really stood out to me from the beginning is that he never sought to like enforce his vision onto the people who are already working there. He never sought to just immediately carry out his vision. Um, he would always go in and say, I want to learn first about the culture, about the people, about the ministry, and then kind of asking more questions just to gain that understanding before sharing his own experiencing. Um, And I think that was one thing that really started my admiration for him, I think, um, how he was so humble and just willing to get to know people first. Um, I think there was a meeting where we had our one-on-one and we both sat down. And I think because we're both new, but because I had worked here a little longer than him, he kind of thought I would have more answers than he did in terms of like the youth ministry or just sometimes the culture of our church. Um, But there was one meeting where we sat down, we looked at each other and we're like, no, we both don't know what this is and we both have to refigure out. Um, And I think that is, that was kind of difficult because I kind of was hoping someone would have the knowledge already and kind of teach me how to be a youth pastor so that I can eventually grow into that role. Um, And while I think like Pastor Tony has had that experience and he would be able to share that experience, I think it was hard because sometimes we wouldn't know the answers to like, oh, like what are the, I don't know, expectations for a mission trip? Is there like a written guideline? What, you know, is the goal of the life group in past years? Like what was the vision for that? And so I think in trying to navigate that it's been really interesting but i think it's kind of bonded us <laughs> um because it's just two people trying to figure out something new um and i feel like even though he's now doing new wave he's taken time out to kind of still talk to me every single week um and just share with me his experience um and kind of have just stood behind me and like really cheered me on 
um, and encouraged me and told me that I've, I'm like enough, you know, to step into this role that I'm currently in. Um, so I think I really enjoy him. I tell him never to leave. Um, <laughs> and that if he does, there's no guarantee I'm going to stay. Uh, half joking, but still. Mm. Yeah, I know. I know we had Tony on um, a couple weeks ago, actually, probably maybe two months ago. And he talked a bit about New Wave, this new service that, um, you know, your church has launched and um, just all the work that went into it, you know, of and, and exactly what you were describing about, you know, the hard work of um, listening to people and sharing vision and, you know, not forcing them to buy in, but to really trust that as he passionately talked about what God had laid on his heart that other people would buy in. And, and so it, it sounds to me that, you know, you have a, that's a great mentor, someone to, to give you a real picture of what it's like to, um, you know, to lead a youth ministry and lead the youth into new things. And I think earlier you mentioned, like, there were times when you were imagining new, um, like, uh, new programs or new, just new things, uh, new ways that you felt the Lord was leading the youth group. And I was wondering if you could maybe share just a little bit about what are some of those things? Because I, I think for me as a former youth pastor, I'm curious about, um, you know, hearing about other ministries and what is God leading you to and, and how do we, you know, learn from one another in the kingdom. And so are, are there any specific things like right now that God has put on your heart for your youth group? I think unity is one of the biggest things. Um, unity and community. I feel like one thing I've been really trying to do is to make our youth ministry feel like a second home. Um, because I feel like post COVID, there was kind of a break, I think, between the church and the youth ministry and the students um, that we were supposed to pour into. I think because everything was online, it was hard to build that relationship and that community. Um, and so I think now that we're back post COVID, a lot of it is um, me trying to figure out programs. And I think one way that I've been doing that is drawing clear distinctions between like the pulpit, Sunday school, small groups, um, and trying to figure out how to make our ministry more holistic. Um, so keeping Sunday school to equipping but at the same time, um, including topics that I feel like the youth really want to learn about. So how do I incorporate apologetics? How do I incorporate like Bible reading strategies? And how do I encourage the youth who say they need these to go to Sunday school? Um, and then for small groups, trying to figure out a seven year curriculum, um, the seven, like seven points that I really want youth students to take away by the time they graduate so that when they go into college and people kind of push their faith, they're able to say, well, this is what my foundation is. Um, this is what, you know, Christianity is to me. This is who God is to me um, and not be swayed just because they get asked a hard question. Um, and then on the pulpit, just encouraging our students to share their testimonies. Um, one thing I told my leaders is I want them all to eventually share their testimonies on the pulpit um, before, you know, another pastor preaches, before I even preach. Um, reason being that I feel like when a student is able to share their testimonies to their peers, it's so much more powerful than when an adult tells them how Jesus has encountered them. Um, because their life journey, even though it's like similar to ours, is so different because of their generation. Um, and I feel like the struggles they face is kind of unique to them um, and their time. 
And I think just one thing we haven't really done is grade levels. And so trying to incorporate grade levels into our current ministry, um, letting them graduate with their class instead of senior year, trying to bond all the seniors um, to make them feel like, you know, they've always had that connection and to transition them into new wave. Um, so those are just like a few things that we've been trying to do a lot more events. Well, as we wrap up, we always end each episode with the same question and we'll ask you the same question. What is one piece of advice or encouragement you would give to someone currently serving in the Chinese Heritage Church? I think one piece of advice is to learn from the older generation. Um, I think as an American born Taiwanese, um, sometimes I feel like my culture is so lost, but I feel like the older generation has so much to offer in terms of their walk with Christ and just what they've experienced, like the miracles that they've gone through. And I feel like sometimes as a younger generation, we kind of look at older people and go, they're just old people. They wouldn't understand, but I feel like they have so much to offer. And so to look at them and be open-minded and asking for their experience and what they can teach us. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for coming on the podcast with, uh, with us. I think I just really uh, enjoyed listening to your passion for the Lord and your passion for youth ministry. It was very refreshing. And so, yeah, it's been great. We look forward to hearing more about, you know, what you're doing at River of Life and uh, how the youth ministry is growing and how you and Tony are leading together. Awesome. Thank you for inviting me on. Thanks, Catherine. That's the end of our episode. Thanks for joining us today on the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the pod on whatever platform you listen to us on. Rate and review us and check in every week as we explore the joys and challenges of ministry in the Chinese church. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bamboo Pastors. See you next time.